Welcome to the mortgage game. I truly, truly believe that building a mortgage business, a successful one is like playing a game. There's winners, there's losers. There's certain things you try. Some of us are playing checkers while others are playing chess. I've had the ability to coach and mentor hundreds of mortgage brokers. I myself built a very nice business. So now I want to distill all that information, all the things I've learned from that and bring it directly to you in a simple to understand way. I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome to The Mortgage Game. This is the first episode ever, very first episode. And so I wanted to make this episode super special, like super, super special. And so before we get into it, the whole purpose of The Mortgage Game was I wanted to, I was doing a couple podcasts, 12-hour broker, 10 loan a month podcast. 10 loan a month was a little more structured. 12-hour broker was me sort of just winging stuff, talking to you. I never interviewed people on a podcast. So I wanted to bring it all together. And that's the whole purpose of The Mortgage Game. So thank you for trusting me with your time and hopefully you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoy making it. So today though, I have a special guest. So I wanted to make the first episode of The Mortgage Game someone very, very special to me. This is someone who has been the most influential person in my career and in my life. And I wanted to give you some insight uh, from their perspective as to what they see and how they've helped. And we'll sort of share a couple of stories and I'm hoping we'll get something out of this. At the very least, I'm going to be a little selfish here because um, this is just me, you know, saying to this person, although they already know how important they are to where I'm at and where we're at. And so without further ado, I'm West Coast Wiley. A lot of you know me by. I'm going to introduce you to my wife. So my wife, her name's Jennifer. She goes by Jen with two N's. She's from the East Coast. So we're going to call her East Coast Jenny Mack. Her maiden name's McIntyre. So without further ado, East Coast Jenny Mack, welcome to the show. Wow, that's quite the intro. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you got it. And so on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you really want to do this, how much do you want to be here right now? <laughs> uh, let's go with a 3.5. 3.5. Okay. I know this is outside of your norm, outside of your day to day. But I, what I thought was very interesting is when I said to you, I said, hey, babe, I've got an idea for the first guest. And I, I want to have someone on that's been very influential in, in my career and whatnot. And when I said it was you, you didn't seem surprised. You were kind of like, yeah, I kind of thought you might say that. Remember? Yep. Yep. I had an inkling you might say that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So, okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to, for the listeners there, I'm going to just share a couple stories. There's different perspectives that we have, and hopefully you can relate to this with you and your loved ones. Uh, a lot of us, you know, we're self-employed. We're hundred percent commission. We're entrepreneurs. A lot of times the other person in the relationship is not. They're hardwired a completely different way. And so I want to share that perspective um, from Jenny Mack's perspective. But before we get there, a little backstory. So our first date, I know you remember, <laughs> our first date, we went where? For steak. We went for steak. Yeah. And then after that, we said, hey, we don't know what we're doing right now. Why don't we go watch a movie? Right. So we crossed the street and we said, we'll just take whatever's open because we didn't plan this. Not that even going on a movie on your first date is a great thing to do, but we said, okay, let's do it. Do you remember the movie we went to? Yep. It was Monster with Charlize Theron. Yes, it was. And for those of you listening, <laughs> might be like, if you know what that movie's about, it's not really a movie you'd watch definitely not on a first Probably date. Probably not within the first 10 dates. And I remember we were sitting there and five minutes in, some very bad things were happening. <laughs> And we looked at each other and I remember we started holding hands and we were like, oh, and then, you know, that was how many years ago? Close to 20. 20 years ago. 
and here we are. So we made it through the first date. And then after that, I did sleep over that night. And now this is where you always say, Nothing happened. But nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> you always make a point of mentioning that. And I'm like, yes, you are right. Nothing happened. But I never left. You never really left. I never nope. really left. So I was in commercial real estate at the time. And I always had I had suits. I remember I had the Saturn car. And I would park outside your house. And I would have all my suits in the back. And I literally lived out of the car, stayed at your place. And I don't think we spent another night apart for long no we did not yeah so we had something pretty special brewing right from the start so i'm going to keep i'm going to take you people on a little bit of a journey of our relationship and i think it's pretty interesting when we tell the story other people find it's interesting something i do want to come back to is when we were going to get married we had to go through marriage counseling catholic marriage counseling in order to get married in the catholic church yeah we had to do the marriage counseling beforehand okay and it's just one of those things we had to do and i remember doing it and there were two things they forced us to do and one we still talk about to this day. And one was we had to go back to back and they'd give us a piece of paper. Yep. With very detailed instructions on how to fold it. I think it was about a minute worth of instructions. And then at the end, you had to turn around and face your partner and show what you had created. And I'd say 99.9% .9 of the couples had completely different pieces of paper. The creations were completely different. So it was so interesting to see how men and just people in general interpret instructions um, quite differently. So Ryan and I, um, to this day, don't necessarily think the same way. And so we throw out that piece of paper, air quote, um, on a regular basis, I would say. Yeah. So we always just go back to piece of paper because we hear one thing, I take it one way, she goes the other. Definitely when you came onto the company, that was definitely the case when we were training oh, you. Yeah. And, and so another thing that they did, which I thought was pretty important, was they had a list of household chores and it was maybe 15 household chores. And you had to rate out of 100 what the percentage is, is what you did of those household chores. Mm -hmm. You each had your own sheet and you couldn't show the other person. And then you had to like compare notes. And I still remember going, hey, like yours was take out the garbage and you might be 80% and I was 70%. And I'm like, well, I take out the garbage. You're like, no, I take out the garbage and I do the dishwasher and you do the dishwasher. And I don't know about you, but that really stuck with me that we sometimes feel the other person is maybe not pulling their weight when maybe they are and vice versa. And maybe there's some resentment that starts growing in the day-to-day -day household grind. Yeah. Uh, and so I took away from that was we had to have pretty clearly defined roles in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we weren't so good at it then, but definitely once you have children. Yeah. Now that the boys are here, we definitely have well-defined roles, I would say. And um, it's as 50-50 as we can be, I think. Yeah. And there, there's stuff you do, which I know you just do not want to do and vice versa. But we sort of have to like, there's an end game in mind, yeah. but at least we're open about it. And we clearly like, I know you do not like making lunches. <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I used to until the boys became super picky. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things and you make them every night and that's part of your role. And then there's other things that I do. And, and so, but I don't think there's ever a time, and this is important for, you know, self-employed people, especially when someone else is in the house and maybe they're employed. And this is why I'm bringing it up is if you don't have those clear defined roles, resentment just seeps in pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And why didn't you do this with the boys or the kids? And I'm doing this and I'm doing all the work and I'm driving around and I feel like we have a very good understanding of who does what. Mm -hmm. And then there's probably 20% of the stuff that we both do and try to help each other out on. Yep. Um, but that's 
plays a big part into where we're at today as a couple and just business-wise. Yep. Um, but we learned that all in the marriage counseling. And it was just very interesting that we could go back that far and still have those takeaways today. And so Jenny Mack and myself, she's from East Coast. I'm from West Coast. We met in Calgary. Who introduced us? Val. Yep. Very good friend of yours. Val introduced us. We met there, purchased a property within about a year. Shortly after, yep. Yep. And then we sold that property 14 months later. And we said, hey, there was a business opportunity. So we moved to Vegas, mm-hmm. right? So you and I moved to Vegas, uh, which was pretty cool. We had a lot of friends come down. We even had some family, I believe. Uh, it was just a fun place to hang out. We were pretty young as well. Mm-hmm. And then eventually at some point, you couldn't do anything. No. And it got boring. It got boring yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. And so we said, okay, I remember sitting in the hot tub still at the condo we rented. And we said, where are we going to go? And we looked at a map. We literally looked at a map. We started in Vancouver and we started to go from West Coast to East Coast. And we sort of settled on Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to be closer to my family because I'd been away for so long. And even though they are in the States and in Cape Breton, it was still a lot closer than Calgary, obviously. And I also knew I could easily transfer my last role. Um, I was in executive recruitment at the time and they had probably their flagship up there. So it was quite easy to get a transfer. So I think all of those factors sort of had to settle there. Yep. And then this is where the journey of being an entrepreneur or with someone who's an entrepreneur begins. It actually began a little earlier when I said, hey, let's go to Vegas. And mm-hmm. you're like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then when we're there, it's like, let's go to Toronto. We have no jobs, no friends. We had a U-Haul. We literally in the dead of winter packed the U-Haul up and drove to Toronto. Mm-hmm. We entered Mississauga. For those of you who know, Mississauga is not Toronto. It's on the outskirts, but we thought we were in <laughs> Toronto. And I remember like times were tight. Like it wasn't like we were rolling in the box. Nope. We, we stayed at a motel and I still remember coming down the motel eating, you know, they give you the free continental stuff. This was a pretty there was nothing pretty about it. It no. was toast and, and <laughs> orange, orange juice, not real orange juice, like the orange drink. Yep. Yep. And I remember drinking that. And then we would go into Toronto and look for work. Yep. And I ended up finding a job at the keg, mm-hmm. went back to my roots of serving while well, I waited for another opportunity. And you got back right, slotted in with the company you left. Yep. Which worked out awesome. So that gave us some stability. So we move in, we're renting downtown Toronto. We lived there for four years. And while we're there, I decide, hey, I'm either going to be a realtor or a mortgage broker. And I decided, well, I don't want to work evenings and weekends. I talked to a bunch of people and settled on mortgage brokering. So I started to do that. And I would work during the day, nine to five, then go to the keg kind of five to midnight. We were trying to save about $1,000 a month for our wedding. Mm -hmm. And I do remember rolling quarters to buy a bottle of wine, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. that we were save mode, didn't have a lot of money. We were grinding away. You were doing quite well, actually, at your job. But we were really diligent about the saving piece. We were very diligent. And and I remember during that time, it really took me a couple of years to get traction in mortgages, even though I had a a really good mentor. It did take me a couple of years. I remember coming home one day and you just being like, Ryan, can you just get a regular job? I I remember (laughs) you going, I just need stability. I need to know there's money coming in. I don't care what you do. I don't care if I'm married to this or this or this just get something. And so do you remember the career that I, I looked at? Electrician. <laughs> you guys don't know a lot about Ryan outside of his brilliance around mortgages and coaching and all that. Um, he doesn't enjoy 
that sort of tinkering with things he doesn't enjoy and it might not be your strongest suit. Nope, so it's pretty I funny reflecting back on don't that. Don't fix stuff. I don't even know the names of screwdrivers, to be honest. I still don't. But I remember going, okay, I just want to make you happy. I'm going to do that. So I started talking to people and it was like, yeah, I know you need to have this or that. And it was like the cart before the horse. And I was like, man, I really don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I said, so, you know, I'm going to get really serious about mortgages. And so I started to do that. And then you could start seeing eventually I quit the keg. I went all in. If the timing was right or not, I just decided to go all in. Mm -hmm. And so those were fun. We were downtown Toronto. They were fun years. There was stress there. We were getting married. There was a lot of unknowns. But you just being the rock and you with your career. And you still genuinely liked what you did. I did. Point. I actually really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And so later we decided, hey, let's move out of downtown Toronto and let's move into the burbs. So we did. And we moved into the burbs. Now all of a sudden you have a commute. Instead of walking six minutes to work. Yep. I was on the go train. Now there's a commute. And yeah. that's where that slow drain of, do I really, am I liking this as much? Am I, right? Your priorities changed? Yeah, it was, it really switched for me once the boys were born and I was leaving them at home with you for, I was gone 10 to 12 hours a day yep. and they were babies at the time. Yep. I remember you'd drive, it would take you an hour, an hour and a half each way. Yep. Door to door. Yep. But you did what you had to do. Well, I could kind of get things up and running. And I think at some point, I remember us talking about, hey, babes, if I can get this going, it can lead to a very good life for us. Plus, there's a potential that you could quit your job because you weren't liking it so much. It was adding stress. There was health concerns potentially with that, the silent killer of stress. And just you weren't genuinely happy. Mm -hmm. But we had that conversation and we said, wow, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, and I never actually thought it would come to fruition. <laughs> and well, here we are. And here we are. Okay, so can you remember the day we kind of just said, hey, you can actually quit your job if you want. Yeah, and in true Ryan fashion, it was like, you need to do this tomorrow. Like, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, being me, needed to digest the idea and took just a couple days, um, but put my resignation in pretty quickly thereafter. Pretty quickly. And we had you come in and start working in kleincollar.com. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, I think you forgot that. you even did. did that. Yeah. And you did that for probably a good year. Yeah. So we year. brought you in there because I had fulfillment in the mortgage business. I didn't, had no need for you, mm -hmm. but that was always the plan to get you into the business. And then a need opened up in the mortgage business. So we brought you into fulfillment. Yep. Now, much like Jenny Mack pointed out that I'm not good with tools and fixing <laughs> things. Jenny Mack, on the number side of things, same type of thing. That's not your interest. It's not your strong suit. Yep. You literally had no interest of being in the mortgage industry, but you said, anything I can do to support the family, and yep. if it's building something for us, yep. I can get interested. Mm -hmm. And right? I did for a while. 100%. Yep, and I you were really did. good at it. And you came from a hospitality background. Yeah, my entire career, even in recruitment, has always been customer facing, customer serving. And that's essentially what this was as well. There was just a whole other world of finance, if you will, that had to be learned alongside of it. So it wasn't all that different from what I had done, but actually learning the ins and outs of um, brokering a mortgage and you know getting things from beginning all the way through to compliance was definitely a learning curve. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, you know, so you came in and we had a, I'd say, a pretty well-oiled machine. 
you came in and then now we had the task of training you from scratch. Yeah. Someone who'd never done this. I've personally never trained someone from scratch on that. And so I had a very certain way of doing things and you came in and I still remember us going through the process and you just one day pulling me aside and being like, Ryan, it doesn't have to be done that way. Like there's other ways to do this. And it took a long, like back and forth, mm -hmm. some headbutting. Oh yeah. Lots, like, of headbutting. lots of headbutting. <laughs> lots of headbutting. <laughs> yes, indeed. Ryan's way or the highway. Ryan's way or the highway. And you don't realize how, I don't know, anal, if there's a better word for that, you are about certain things, your business until someone comes in and then they want to do things different. And I eventually just came to terms with, you know what, for fulfillment from commitment to compliance and communicating with clients, treat it as your own business. You kind of run it how you want to run it. And if that makes you get out of bed easier, and if that makes it feel like you have input in the company, and if that just makes you feel like part of the team and the end result is the same or even better mm -hmm. then who am I to stand in the way? It took a while to get there though. It did. Yeah, it did. Right? But eventually, eventually we got there. And this is me. That's an example for a lot of you. If you have staff that you're hiring, and I'm not talking about your, your spouse coming in, but someone else you're hiring, like just because you have a certain way of doing things, like empower that person to sort of take a look at it from their perspective, because your business could be better off and you could be missing things. Sometimes you're too close to the pitcher and you don't realize it's crooked. And so we went through that training. You then knocked it out of the park and you handled all client communication. You were not licensed. You did not have to be licensed. And can you maybe share a couple things from your point of view, something that surprised you about the mortgage industry? Yeah, I think um, coming from the corporate background that I came from, and particularly in my recruitment role, um, which was at the executive level, I was used to dealing with you know, CEOs, vice presidents, very high up in HR, things were very structured. It was very sophisticated. And I was shocked. And I didn't do much recruiting um, in the financial services side of things. I think it still would have been quite a bit more sophisticated than what I had seen um, in the mortgage industry. But there's so many inefficiencies. The communication in a lot of cases is highly lacking. Um, and we had some really great BDMs, one in particular. But some of them, you know, there wasn't that back and forth of providing excellent, superior customer service both ways, because we were just as much their client as our clients were ours. So that was really frustrating for me, just how unsophisticated things were and how much time it took to get through some red tape at times. <laughs> I know. A lot of you listening, we went through some time and some of you still are where, you know, TD Bank, we're just going to use names here, TD Bank was just terrible on their turnaround where you wouldn't hear back for weeks. And I thought it was normal. And Jenny Max sitting here going like, this is not normal. <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> like, what is this? These are like big, big billion, yeah. billion dollar banks. Yeah. And we can't get answers to emails. Yeah, it was ridiculous. In a lot of cases, our clients suffered was just extremely frustrating for us yep. being the client focused um, people that we are. So, and that bank in particular, highly frustrating, almost on all levels. On all levels. Yeah. yeah. And they righted the ship a little bit. So that's, it was a time and place. So... I'm super happy we had you on the fulfillment and and what we did. I think we learned a lot about working better together. We learned just how different things about each other that we probably didn't know. A question I want to ask you is throughout 10 years, let's say the last 10 years, I was a mortgage broker. There are, I can't even count how many times that I basically said, like, I want to quit. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Yep. Can't do it. I know a lot of you listening have had that thought creep into your head. 
And what did you keep telling me? But you have to. But you have to You're, quit? <laughs> no, you have You Sorry, you have to keep going. You can't quit. You're too good. And I always knew that if this wasn't right for you, there was something within the industry that would be right for you. And that's where you are today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to quit. I wanted to hang up shoes and just go, let's so many times. get on with something else. And you just stayed on me. You're like, no, you're like, your clients need you. You just, you're too good at it. Just keep powering through, get some help where you need help. So this is me telling you listening. If you have those same thoughts, the only reason I had those thoughts is because I was doing stuff day to day that I really did not like doing. And then eventually when you had fulfillment, someone come in fulfillment, if you have an assistant or whatever that looks like, take that off your plate. You're no longer doing down payment docs. You're no longer doing those things. So this is me to you just saying, you know, thank you for not letting me quit. <laughs> I was like, I tried so many things. I was like, let's go. Let's just keep going. So thank you. True entrepreneur at heart. You're always looking for what's next. What's next? Yeah, you got it. And then, Kate, we're bringing this full circle almost. So then we decide, so we have our two kids and then COVID hits. And we're sitting here going, man, like, is this life? Is this where we want to be? Like we were in Ontario, we had no family and we just, the idea was to maybe move somewhere and we didn't know where. So we, we went to Kelowna on like a little mini vacation, you and I to kind of check it out. And what were your thoughts when we went to Kelowna? I loved it. I think though, deep down, you always thought you would get back out West. I think in Ontario, you felt a little like a fish out of water. You're a West coast kid. I tell everybody that. Um, Kelowna feels more like home, like Cape Breton than anywhere else we've ever lived. And we've lived a lot of places, but I think we both fell in love with Kelowna pretty quickly and really haven't looked back. It's been an amazing move for our family, our kids. There's such great opportunity here. I, I mean, not as much opportunity as maybe Burlington had, cause it's so much bigger, but it's just a wonderful place to, to raise kids and to be a family that is so sports oriented and outdoorsy. We've got our two dogs. I don't think either one of us or the boys for that matter have looked back. No, not at all. But we went on quite a journey, right? We went from Calgary to Vegas, to Toronto, to Burlington, quick little Stony move Creek. out to Stony Creek, back, back to, to Burlington. Burlington. And then let's pick everything up. Our kids are, you know, they're, they're out of decent age. Let's just move out to the West Coast. And here we are. Yep. Timing's everything. Yeah. Timing's so, everything. But it's hard to do all that if we didn't have things at home sort of sorted out, right? It's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. we always say we're each other's best friend. Yep. And so we're very, very fortunate there. We wouldn't be where we are business-wise or just personal-wise. Mm -hmm. So that was the whole purpose I wanted to have you on. I'm going to touch base on one more thing. But now we moved to Kelowna and we're running a mortgage business back in Ontario. And then I'm doing some coaching on the side. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, babe. Going into coaching now. <laughs> I'm done mortgage. Worked me right out of a job. Worked here. <laughs> <laughs> so that meant your job was no longer. Mm -hmm. And so you can focus on other things. But when I came to you and said, hey, I want to I start coaching. And that's what I want to do the next phase of my life. Where were you at on that? I wasn't surprised. And I completely supported it because I would see you, um, I think, six, 12 months ago, you were doing like a couple of days a week where you were coaching a number of students and you were just lit up. You would come out of your office and you just had a sparkle in your eye. You just, you were just lit up. And it was in a way that mortgages never really got to you before. Like if anything, there would always be frustration because of the industry and the changes and it's difficult and all the things. But, you know, way back when you said, when you first left high school, you wanted to be 
a sports coach. Yeah. Right. So you didn't necessarily have the training to do that at the time, but it's come full circle and you are, I think, exactly where you're meant to be. You've got an amazing following and for excellent reason, you're very, very good at what you do, but you stayed within the industry that you know so well and you've pivoted slightly, but without fully moving on and taking on something altogether new. You're continuing to share your knowledge, um, your brilliance with so many people that I know it's changed their business. They tell you every day. So yeah. you're, you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I feel that too. Uh, it just feels right to me. And so I wanted to have you on today to just share that story because now I feel like there are a lot of listeners and I feel like would have liked this perspective on things. If anything, just to get to know us a little bit more um, because who's the woman behind Ryan? Right. There's always a strong woman there and you're, you're my rock. So I wanted to kind of bring that out, introduce East coast, Jenny Mack. Uh, before we go, is there one thing you want to share with anyone that you think they'd be surprised to know or learn about me? I don't even know what you're going to say here, but. Mm. I don't know if you're posting yet about what a amazing gourmet cook you are. I think some <laughs> people know that. Cause I think you probably talk a little bit about that. Um, I think they know you're a diehard Oilers fan. Well, there'd be a lot of things. I don't want to embarrass a comedian. you. Oh yeah. You're definitely a comedian. <laughs> um, you don't know much about tools, but you kind of already yeah. told people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that you're the picture of authenticity. I think your listeners probably have a very good idea of who you are. You don't take yourself seriously. You don't hide your flaws, if you will. Um, I don't think they'd be too surprised to hear anything. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Jeez. I had a whole list. I was hoping you wouldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass you, honey. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. Well, hey, that's it. I, I appreciate everyone listening. This is the first episode. It means a lot to me. This is a more personal episode for me. Jenny Mack, East Coast Jenny Mack, thank you for joining us. Where in the East Coast are you from, by the way, in case anyone asks? A little place called Little Burdor, which is in Cape Breton, which is in Nova Scotia. Okay. An island. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming out of your comfort zone. Yes. Uh, we're this not is on... not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise his uh, next uh, Guest. guests, <laughs> yeah, thank you, will be far more interesting than me. <laughs> That's okay. But hey, when it's your podcast, you got to make the rules, True. Right? True that. All right. All right. Thanks, babe. I love you. And uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Peace out. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.